Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode nine of the Autocard podcast, My Week in Cars, featuring me, Matt Pryor, and him, Steve Cropley. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Matthew. How nine, are you? Yeah, really good. Nine weeks. You worked this out earlier. Six different locations we've been in. I think it's six. Might it's be seven, good. but it's it was certainly six. It's like a proper proper UK tour, isn't it? I quite enjoy well, it. Well, it is, and I haven't seen you since the last time we did it, have I? Yeah. No, no, no. No, no. which is good, because it's nice to catch up with each other properly, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so over the next half hour or so, Steve and I are going to be expanding on our respective autocar columns, which means we are going to be talking about London Motor Week, spare wheels, uh, saving your money into the 2030s, and much, much more besides, including some of your correspondence. You can write to us at autocar at haymarket.com or find us on all the social media channels. Now, we'll come to the first letter, actually in a moment, Steve, because first we need to talk London Motor Week, um, because that's how our week started, with Ariel Simon Saunders. Indeed. It was good fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. He's a great talker, isn't he? He is. I think uh, the thing that I I wrote uh, a day or two ago when we were banging the typewriter together Mm. um, is um, the thing that he's great at is he doesn't boast, but he's candid. Yeah. And you don't often find that compar- that uh, combination, do you? No, it's funny, isn't it? So, yeah, so Monday was a autocar and classic and sports car reader event, wasn't it, at the Royal Automobile Club? And you interviewed Simon, really, for... Well, he talked for pretty much an hour, didn't he, I think? But you're right, yeah, the nice thing, because quite often candid people are a bit full of themselves as well as, as, well as the candidness. But he's quite modest, isn't he, with it, which I like a lot. He yeah. is, yeah. yeah. And, and there were, I just love the, the breadth of what they've achieved, you know, to... Um, start with an idea and finish up with a car company and to on the way control the servicing control the spare parts control the second hand market and and in the middle of a threatened recession to be sitting there with a two year waiting list can't be that bad no it's good isn't it and there's nobody nobody else quite does it like Ariel do they I don't think at any part of the not even in the specialist car business nobody has nobody has no. quite do quite does it in the way that they do it which is no they they uh, they seem to 
uh, I think it's helpful to have such singular products. You know, nobody, they're not, <clears throat> there aren't any obvious competitors. I mean, you can say Caterham's a competitor, but it's very different. And you, mm. I could imagine in my dream garage having a Caterham and an Atom anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah they could have a, a role for both quite easily, couldn't you? Yeah, so the uh, we touched on this on Monday. Tell us more about uh, the new hypercar, because the range has been Atom for a long time, then the bike arrived and the Nomad arrived. And they're all sort of on a theme. Is that is that fair to say? But the yeah, hypercar I think so. feels yeah. like a feels like a real departure, doesn't it? It does. I mean, his uh, to his great credit, he wants Ariel to have a very secure future beyond the arrival of EVs, and this is his way of doing it. And also, he wants to provide something that is decisively uh, progress from the atom, which is <clears throat> you know p- pushes the envelope in so many ways. So mm. you've got to do something special. And this idea of um, a range extender or an optional range extender, which is actually a little jet engine, he didn't quite put it like that, but it is a gas turbine. Mm. Um, and uh, the option of having four wheels driven by 1,200 horsepower, you know, it does go a bit, I believe. <laughs> you sp- you've, were you there when it was running? Because I haven't driven it, but so Matt Saunders drove it, didn't he? But were you there at the time as well? No, I... No, it, we, it got rained off the oh, day of course. Yeah, and then yeah. I had to do something else the next day. But we, you and I, have got an open invitation to go down there um, and have a go. We and must. he'll start the um, make the noise, you know, the thing that melts oh, the really? number plate of the car behind. You know? Now that's interesting, isn't it? Should we, 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 it'd be interesting to see if we went down there. Maybe we could record My Week in Cars while we were there and hear it in the back. Be great, wouldn't it? Be I, good. I'd, I'd love well, to hear it. He's up for it. So it's a, And it runs on... What does it run on? Well, it runs on petrol, but right. I think you could probably run it on gin or, you know, um, <laughs> whatever you like. <laughs> lawnmower fuel, you know. That's extraordinary. But he, uh, the interesting, well, the interesting, it was all interesting. It's an hour of interesting. But he said that the, as well as aerial being carbon neutral and efficient and everything else, the fact is that this niche vehicle network that they're involved in and... Well, basically, this this turbine may be picked up by other people, might it? Might be it might be upscaled into larger things than just on a few aerial hypercars. It could yeah, become he, a, a, a he uh, seemed to think that that big companies, Fords of this world, were interested in that yeah. that uh, principle just because it's such a com- uh, compact thing and and uh, you know it works so well with a pure EV. Mm. You know, you can either have it or you don't have to. Well, you don't. Yeah. And am I right in thinking the so the hypercar is a is still a, a while away from production, isn't it? And they won't, yeah, he won't say when it's. There are two be. stages. He was he he's reached a stage that the thing was was part funded by the advanced production propulsion centre, mm-hmm. you know, so semi government money, as it were, match funded uh, with other companies involved, and they've reached the point where they've they've built the car they said they would build. The prototype, it works, it goes, you know, it's been proven to go, it's complete in every detail. Mm. But now the the, uh, the production uh, issue starts, you know, you, you've got to decide, um, you know, tooling and, and uh, numbers and, and all that kind of stuff. So he's he's already got people on the hook, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the, the so-called valley of death, where you invest in all of the tooling and the system to build it and so on. Yeah. That's starting now. He does. He wants to build it, and he feels secure that he can build it. But backed, of course, by a very successful business. Yeah, 
Yeah, and which he would. Uh, he was talking to me about. They Ariel is looking for a new factory, isn't it? But it's just... yeah, he's he's designed it, hadn't he? I yeah, believe, I think so, I believe yeah. he, there's all sorts of you know tortuous negotiations with planners and local mm. council and all the rest of it. But he he wants it to be carbon positive, doesn't he? So it's yeah. actually the building um, sort of can, takes carbon out of the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, he's Pretty a fascinating bloke. I could talk to him for days and still you know not know everything he knows and, and not get bored which is terrific isn't it i think oh, i think so yeah, yeah i think they do i think they do great things you've had an atom you've owned an atom yeah i owned yeah. an atom for three and a half years and yeah. and when i sold it i got back exactly what i paid for it which is staggering isn't it when it you is really it. isn't it yeah it is yeah and uh, the waiting list is what two and a half two and a half years i think he said two but two years. it depends yeah. whether you want to know i think the nomads even Further out, but uh, okay, because as we, my understanding is a new nomad soonish. Yeah, yeah, which would be cool. That's one yeah. of my favourite cars of all time already. So the, the idea of a better one. I was talking to Henry, who is, uh, well, I don't know what his job title is, or whether they have the job now. titles. He's the MD now, who is Simon Sun, and he was kind of led the nomad uh, project, didn't he? I think, and it's just he said, oh yeah, you will love the next one. If you like this one, you'll really like the next one. Yeah, yeah, so I'm looking really forward to be able to getting into it gracefully because. Those of us with a fuller figure hmm. find it a bit difficult to fit around all those damn tubes. Oh, there's a lot of tubing. Yeah. I have to I, go in over the top. Yeah, I'm never sure whether it's easier to squeeze in the side or go out the top. Getting out the top always looks a bit cooler, I was thinking. You arrive does. somewhere and you sort of leap out the top of it. <coughs> yeah, in the, in, the, in the local high street, you do yeah, feel like exactly. a bit of a dude. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that was Monday. Tuesday, you're back in town again. I, I wasn't with you for this, but this, you've, yeah, tell me about that. Well, this was a Royal Automobile Club extravaganza. I, I, I'm on the committee of this thing called the Dewar Trophy, mm-hmm. uh, which is a technical merit award, British technical merit award. This year it was given to the the guys who normally in their day job make uh, um, uh, Mercedes Formula One engines, but they got this award for making that engine or sim- a very similar engine work in the Concept One Oh, yeah, okay. And when you consider the implications of that, getting the cooling right, making it idle at stoplights, allowing people to sort of get in the car and and depart for six months before the thing needs to be serviced, Hmm. just just all the durability issues that that surround a a thing that started off as a Formula One engine, it it is a mammoth achievement, and they've they've done it. That is extraordinary. Because you're never sure like, when they say, oh, Formula One technology for the road, whether it's just written into marketing copy or whatever. But the, the idea that they can take that and make it into a thing that is daily drivable by... And let's you know, face it, a lot of hypercar owners do not necessar- are not necessarily mechanical experts. They don't, they don't necess- no. you know, have the mechanical sympathy. They live in some of the most inhospitable regions to drive around in. The idea that you can do that, I find extraordinary. It is amazing. And those yeah. who've driven it, sadly, not me, um, say that it is quite docile. Around, really? and, and they you know, produced some pretty good video to show that it's docile. And they also laid out in the, in the foyer of the clubhouse um, a powertrain. So you could see the size of the engine, tiny. Mm. You could see the, the um, um, hybrid bits because it's obviously electrically assisted. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could see the battery and so on. And it was... Deeply convincing. The other award that was given away was a thing called the Sims Medal, which is for sort of disruptors, really, for, for smaller, uh, you know, sort of troublemaking companies almost. And, of course, 
people know about these days about the McMurtry Spearling, which mm. was the thing that set the Goodwood Hill Climb record this year. And that was the Sims medal winner, and they, they had a team there to accept that as well. And it was as a sort of it's a it's a great event. It's a it's a lunch, and but they were also glad to receive it because it is a a pretty serious award. That's really cool. Because I I don't know about you, the first time I saw that McMurtry Spearling, it's so small and it's so slightly caricatured, cartoonish in its sort of Batmobile-esque way. And you sort of think, oh, that's cute, that's sweet. And then the first time I saw it moving at the Festival of Speed, it's one of those, you have one of those proper breathtaking moments. You think, how is that possible? I don't, I don't understand how that's going that fast. It's yeah, moving your head on your neck fast enough yeah. uh, is a... Yeah. Uh, and and also that uh, that sort of awesome sort of not quite dust but the but the haze the of that it sort of kicks up off the road yeah. I guess because it's being sucked down and so on. So is it is it uh, has it got a fan ground? ground oh, it is a fan car. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, I think it's got something like they talk about you know maximum capability two tons of downforce. That's extraordinary. And they they this thing went up faster than up the Goodwood Hill faster than any Formula One cars. That is amazing. Isn't it? And they. They're, they say their um, optimal circuit for, for demos would be Monaco. They reckon they could go around there pretty fast. Because as you, as you appreciate, <clears throat> their suction works at 10 miles an hour. Yeah. Whereas, obviously, a Formula One car has to go faster and faster to get more and more downforce. Yeah. The, Max Chilton, the driver, um, if you talk to him about how it feels to drive, he says it's... He, I think he said boring, and then he kind of... Uh, <laughs> Then he slightly <laughs> uh, retracted that, but he said it's extremely stable. So, mm. as you can imagine, because it, it it is very quick and it's yeah. and it's tiny and 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 pretty good steering and all the rest of it, wheel at each corner. So it it plenty of room on the road. So he mm. says it's um, it it really is great to drive. And while it's not quite something anybody could do, it 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 doesn't feel he says like a mammoth task. Do you think, I may have read this and it's not my idea, is, could you race a few of them together? I don't know. I think they they certainly have, I think their next step is some production cars. Right. But I presume they must be thinking those thoughts, yeah. Because mm. people think? will certainly use them for track days and you can, mm. because the joy of it, as they say, is <clears throat> there are various driver modes and you can just drive it around you know you can slide it around a roundabout if you want to be without the downforce working oh yeah okay and then when you get to you know the to the silverstone grand prix circuit you can t turn it up completely and and go mad in, in fact i think I, i'm not sure about this but presumably the downforce is adjustable so when you go down the straight you can oh you could stall it and turn it off and then go quicker yeah and then as you or, or maybe the Maybe the gizmo can see the, you know, know the circuit and turn it on yeah, for you yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the, oh, the cornering power is utterly awesome, particularly at low speed corners. I believe yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. We need a go in it, of course. Yeah, I as think I we do, have, I've mentioned as this I'm to sure Tom, the MD. <laughs> he hasn't uh, bitten my hand off yet. But, uh, well, so you'll they probably don't, be in they? the seat, mate, oh, before be too long. Oh, that be it'll be several times better than I am. Can you imagine? It just no, no, so no. I think the point is, you, you will, you know, certainly a person of your experience, you'll find that. That you could get. You could really got on top of it. Yeah, that, I think that's the, that's that's what they're looking forward to, putting in front of the buyers. I love with the a million, people with a million quid, mind you. Yeah, I love the I love the the compactness of it and the idea that if you had a few of them on a track, you'd get quite a lot of space, around each other, in a way that, 
F1 cars are bigger and bigger and bigger than they ever used. I mean, they're long these days, aren't they? Formula yeah, and the width cars. too is an yeah, issue, isn't big it? cars, yeah. And I just... You know, I think that and the stability, that. you know, the small size and the stability, you could imagine them, and the fact that they're not dependent on one another's slipstream. Oh, yeah. of course, yeah, of course. So you would find that they would race really close together, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be really interesting. I think it'd be really interesting. Um, the day finished, I think at some point you were talking to Johnny P, weren't you? Oh, yeah, Palmer. Jonathan Palmer was the, was the sort of... Um, motoring dinner guest and I was co-opted to to just bowl questions to him it was, it was around about the easiest interview I've ever done because <laughs> one I really admire the guy you know he's done so much in his life he's a, he's a real self-starter mm. you know r- runs all these circuits um F1 career BBC career um now he's bought uh this circuit in or this airbase really in <clears throat> France which he is turning into an e-circuit by c- surrounding it with uh, solar panels and running everything off the power of the sun mm. and he's taken over this Navara circuit which is pretty which is configured for top-end motorcycle racing and F1 practice I believe. Ah interesting so yes I didn't know about the Navara bit till I read your read your comment maybe, maybe I did and it slipped my mind but yeah, well it's, it's, it's uh, is it sort of a? Is it used quite often as a kind of test track proving ground too? Believe so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The thing that was amazing because it just showed, shows what his life like. Um, <clears throat> I just sent him a note like you do next morning, out past eight, saying um, thanks very much for last night. It was great, wasn't it? And he he sent me back an, a note, you know, half an hour later or something, with a picture of the Navara circuit, saying, "Here I am at Navara. <laughs> this is our first day." So in between. He's leaving the RAC club at 11 or whatever it was. Yeah. And at 9 o'clock the following day, he'd got himself to Spain and, you know, not only that, but from the airport and he's standing in the middle of the circuit looking at what he'd just bought. That's pretty extraordinary, isn't it? What a life. Hell of a bloke. What a life. He's got, you've told me this, I think it's, he's got more hours on a helicopter than any private pilot, is that Yeah, right? he, he's, he, I think he's, yeah, Britain's most prolific pilot, uh, yeah. a heli- private helicopter pilot. Yeah. But, in fact, he did it in the citation this time. Yes, yeah, it's quite a long would. way. Yes, you would, yeah. I remember being at one of our Britain's Best Drivers cars shootouts in, I think we were at Bedford, and uh, somebody, somebody, one of the circuit staff was there saying, oh, yeah, Jonathan's just leaving Brands Hatch now. And Brands Hatch to Bedford's quite a long way. But, and they said, he'll be here in, like, 25 minutes or whatever yeah. it was. And you think, that's the way to get about, isn't it? That is definitely well, the way he, to I, he goes around four of them in one day, doesn't he? Mm. Because he... He is so keen to make sure that they function to... Oh, they're brilliantly run, aren't they? Yeah. Perfectly run, yeah. The, the, the story of retail before is, is they say that he's so keen on things being tidy and so on that he can spot an errant cigarette butt from 2,000 feet. <laughs> <laughs> we, did book a tra- we did book one of the tracks there once and they said, oh, we're going to... We'll, no problem at Bedford, we'll put you in various places. We've got to paint some curbs and things. So I, I turned up on the day and I said, uh, I don't know which bits we can use because I know you're doing some circuit maintenance and you might need to paint some curbs. And they said, no, 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 no. What we meant was we're painting some curbs so that when you arrive, they look good in the photos. <laughs> you just say, yeah, that's a, that's a level that you don't often get at race. You, traditionally, you didn't get at, at race circuits. But it's, I think he is he's a remarkable guy. You, mm. you sort of wonder what the state of you know British amateur motorsport would be yeah. without that level of of, of care and attention mm. I think I think he's a wonderful guy yeah I agree 
Yeah, I agree. So we've got a letter, uh, Dave Edmondson, who's written to us before, actually. He says, hi, gents. Um, your mention of a guy considerately drifting his MX-5 around a roundabout, which you talked about last week, a guy doing 270 degrees round a roundabout, very benignly, um, but slightly sideways. Uh, my friend and I bought a minor thousand van in 1973 for 50 quid. It was complete with a year's MOT, six months tax, and a uh, barely used set of remold tyres. They were black and round, but other than that, taught me how to power slide round roundabouts without exceeding 20 miles an hour. But Dave also says, on a note, he was there on Monday at the evening with Autocar about the cost of affordable BEVs, which we touched on uh, in our sort of Q&A that we had with the editors. Um, the difference in cost compared with an ICE equivalent is demonstrated by the Peugeot 208, he says. The popular Allure Premium Plus spec. Uh, Dave, you've spent too much time on the configurators. The difference is 10,000 quid or £160 a month on a PCP between oh, an ICE and an EV. That is a lot, isn't it? That's it's still a lot a big of money. hurdle, isn't it? It's going to be a big hurdle for a long time. Yeah, and a mate of mine I spoke to yesterday morning who runs a Tesla Model 3, and we were chatting about all sorts of all sorts of things and and i said will you have another ev when when this is up he said oh absolutely he said but supercharger network these days there are a couple of them where it is a pound per uh kilowatt kilowatt, kilowatt, yeah and he said you know he went the other day he went 350 miles it thought he thought it cost him about 80 quid which is petrol money it's petrol money yeah yeah Gee, so I didn't realise it climbed that far. Yeah. I mean, they're not all that much. And he says at home, overnight, he's paying 7p per kilowatt hour. I mean, it's a massive difference, isn't it? That's yeah, isn't it? Yeah. But you, yeah. this is the price of convenience, isn't it? Well, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't Amazing. It? Yeah. But anyway, as uh, Dave says, as Mark Tishu, or uh, who's our editor, who was there on Monday at the Q&A, uh, as Mark intimated, the Chinese might be selling BEVs at a loss to corner the, the market. For example, a basic MG4 is 26,000 quid, £270 a month on a PCP which is pretty good value. Perhaps, says Dave, this accelerated Ford's decision to prematurely shut down Fiesta production, which we were talking about uh, last week on the pod. So thank you very much, Dave. You can write to us too, autocar at haymarket.com. Uh, you can find us on all the social channels and we're just going to go to a quick bunch of adverts and we'll be right back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So welcome back to the My Week in Cars podcast. Uh, another quick letter. Why are brake calipers being downsized on hot hatchbacks? Says Dan Navarra. Says he's been fortunate enough to own various hot hatchbacks in the past decade, and all of them came with four-piston caliper brakes as standard. Um, however, if you look at the market today, the Fiesta ST, Hyundai 
i20n, even the latest Focus ST, don't seem to come with four piston calipers as standard. They quite often have a single piston caliper brakes. I'm not saying fitting larger calipers is the only way to improve braking performance, but I believe it's reasonable to point out that they are one of the contributing factors. Has the development in tyre and brake technology made them unnecessary in modern hot hatches, or are consumers being a bit hard done by with manufacturer cost-cutting? Dan, I don't know the answer to that, I must say. Uh, if anybody listening does, mm. write to us at haymarket.com. Interesting I point, isn't it? Yeah. But I must say, I don't drive cars that I uh, whose brakes feel bad or lack attack or any no. other stuff. So, what, you know, you, the braking business, the brake, you know, it's such a scientific and, and, and you know, detailed uh, engineering challenge these days. I just can't believe they'd do anything that was, that took us backwards. No, I don't think, and I certainly, my experience of, I will take, talk to the road testers about this a bit more who spend more time at test tracks than I do, but certainly in hot hatchbacks, I've not noticed any fade or I mean you can overwork brakes on a track but I've not noticed them get worse no. and I've not noticed I drove the i20n prototype pretty hard at a, a at the Nürburgring Grand Prix circuit rather than the, the the old circuit and I didn't notice any fade or anything so I don't I don't know is the, the short answer Dan I don't know but we don't think it's in our experience we don't think it's getting worse but I will also check with the road testers and get back to you next week. Maybe if there's a listener who's a who's a brake. Well, yeah, exactly. Might, yeah, drop me a note. Yeah, drop us a note. Autocar at haymarket.com. Uh, shall we move on to Wednesday this week? Strap for time. You went to Farnborough, and then place I had never not been before. Jilks's Garage Cafe. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, that was good, wasn't it? It was yeah. brilliant. <clears throat> um, it was. A, I'm not sure how much of this we're supposed to give out, but we went to. Ooh, yeah. We went to. Well, the premise of the story we can give out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is um, yeah, I like the idea of it. It's going to be a ten-page story in one mm. of the Christmas issues, isn't it? It's this. It's what we call our annual road testers' lunch, mm. Christmas lunch, and the idea is that you are um, asked to choose a car that that someone else in the team will like, and you just draw that person's uh, identity out of a hat, don't you? And you just the idea is to choose a car for them, and we all did that, didn't we? Yeah. Nobody was disappointed, were they? No, I don't think so. No, I think I probably chose the least popular choice for somebody else, which I, uh, I don't know. I mean, he seemed grateful enough, but yeah, we won't give it away. But I, I did get out of it, and somebody pointed out and said, "Who on earth have you bought that for?" With, with some disparaging terms about it, but but it's good fun. But it's good fun. I had and a bit of a good day because it was. Um, I can. I suppose I can give this much away. The car that I chose for somebody else was a BMW. Mm. They're based in Farnborough. Because I'd been busy in the, earlier in the week, I had to go to Farnborough at left home at five a.m. Picked up the car at six a.m. Drove to our location, mm. which was in the Midlands, a few you know, kind of hundred and twenty miles away or whatever it was. Perhaps not quite that far, but anyway, I had a, a rather solid thrash in this car on the way to the location, and another rather solid thrash giving, to give it back at six yeah. o'clock that night. That's pretty cool. And uh, so I think I had the best of this bloke's Christmas present, to be honest. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, it's a nice location, isn't it? I've not been to this. It's so it's in a village just near Gaydon and uh, yeah. thereabouts, isn't it? Which is sort of caffeine and machine That's territory. It. But it's yeah former Jokes. former roots dealership so Hillman Sunbeam oh, oh I didn't realise that that would and, explain uh, all the imp, the signage uh, is still there and the yeah. bloke who runs it as a calf now hmm. his granddad opened it as a garage did he and there's still signs on the wall saying um, 
you know, um, uh, please do not leave your valuables in the cars or something yeah. or other, written in his dad, his granddad's handwriting still hanging on the wall. Hmm. It's a nice place to go. It is it? a nice place, isn't it? Yeah, good food and drink. Oh, we ate well. Yeah, we did. Yeah, really well. Yeah, Jilks' Garage Cafe. It's good, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, really good. Yeah, I like that very much. Wednesday night... So we talk my column, if I may. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So that night, I drove home, and uh, I was a bit under the weather the week before. I'd had a bout of COVID, so I was, I was still feeling a bit tired. But anyway, I was sitting at home, and I thought, I just, I've got to, I've got to go out. I've got to do something. So I uh, got changed. I thought I'll go for a swim. I got in the car, and then it was a rainy, cold, pretty miserable night. And I'd got a hundred meters out of the house, and I saw a polo parked by the side of the road. I live on a pretty dismal dangerous stretch of road really it's 50 mile an hour but it's pretty narrow single carriageway it was raining anyway I saw a polo park there and a woman trying to flag somebody down so I stopped and got out and said you know are you all right she said no I've had a I've just been dazzled by an oncoming driver I've hit a curb and it's destroyed my front left hand tire completely I think I've got no mobile phone I don't know anybody's phone number (laughs) and uh I said well right well we'll make you a cup of tea and we'll sort it out we'll we'll sort it out anyway so we we're on the phone and I was thinking, this is going to be expensive. For her. She's going to be spending a long time waiting, sitting here drinking tea, waiting for somebody to come. And then she's going to have to get towed to a, an unknown garage because she doesn't know where she wants it to be taken. But she'll have to take it to a garage somewhere. So she'll was it, it was completely un- It was destroyed. Yeah, it was the... the she, said it, she said it's been making a bad smell, so I don't know how long she'd been driving on it. But it had obviously gone down and the tyre... The rim didn't look too badly damaged, but the tyre was, yeah, shredded, mm-hmm. really. And, uh, and I, you know, so she'd have to get towed to a garage. So her night is ruined. Her next day is also ruined because she's just got to wait. And then the cost of the, the tow and the cost of wherever they drop her is unknown until they open the next the next day. You know, and she's, she's completely at the mercy of that. And as she was on the phone waiting for a breakdown recovery service to pick up the phone, I said... Uh, it hasn't got a spare tyre, has it? And it just hadn't occurred to me until the yeah. point. She said, oh, I think so. I said, oh, well, in that case, I'll change it. I'll get some tools out of the garage and torque wrench and stuff, and we'll go and change it. She was thrilled at the idea that it was possible. So we popped out, popped back out. I changed it in, I don't know, 25 minutes. Half oh, so it did so. have a spare tyre? Yeah, it did have a spare, yeah. So in the boot, it had a full-size steel spare tyre in <clears> fantastic <throat> condition. Had the jack, had the... Locking bolt had everything you you know everything you'd need. What age polo? Uh, I would say about ten, twelve years old. Oh, I reckon. So, so, yeah, okay. yeah uh, 08 plate. I think Amazing to still have all that stuff. Yeah, in yeah. Well, exactly, and in and it's in you know pumped up and obviously never been on a car before. And uh, so instead of a complete disaster, she just got on her way forty minutes later, and. Wow. Um, you slightly wonder whether the wheel was still pointing the right way if it didn't. Well, anything. yeah, it was a bit. It was a bit of a yeah. It was, a, it was, a, it was obviously still taking a bit of a whack. Small but point still, there. Yeah, and so she went off and then can change it. You know, she can obviously have the tire fixed at her convenience and yeah, yeah. just get on with the rest of her life. And I suddenly remembered why I like having a spare, a proper spare wheel. Oh. I mean, or even a space saver actually, because it turns a complete disaster into something which is just slightly inconvenient. Tolerable, yeah. 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 No, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. God. But I do get it. I think, and I, th- I think I read a stat saying people get a puncture on average once every decade, which, and also, they're not cheap necessarily to fit and they take up space and they add weight and people are trying to make cars more efficient. And I, I do understand, and mar- profit margins are pretty tight anyway, so I get why manufacturers say we're not going to fit one. 
we're not going to fit something in the boot of the car which you, you may never use. Yeah, I get, I do get that. I do get that. And also, most buyers, like she, didn't have the experience or the confidence to change it. No, she wouldn't have changed it herself. Probably quite heavy. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, even the duster, which you know, that I've just bought to mm. form a long termer, that <clears throat> that has a spare wheel, but it's an option. Three hundred yeah. quid yeah. now. Yeah. So, but I wouldn't, couldn't. Have, couldn't imagine not having one. I, I no, I couldn't. No, and I think I I read that the RAC do their patrols tend to have a, a universal fit spare wheel, which do fits they? about eighty percent of cars, mm. and they get you on your way, and so you take it to the tire fitter the next day. They've changed your tire back to the original, and they keep the the universal one until the RAC patrol is passing and picks it up again. Wow! Which struck me, and I think they've said they've used it a million times. Which is, I mean, not the same one, obviously, but you know, they, they've they've used yeah. that many times. That strikes me as not a bad way forward. But I tell you what, it makes you think about paying the subscription. Doesn't well, it does a bit, yeah. But I, but but still, I would, I think, I will always have to. I can't, I and can't the, bear the thought of not having the real thing. And the gunge, you know, people, oh, just, so, I just don't think it works. No, it's such a ses- well, it wouldn't work set for this purposes, lady, would it? It would have no effect whatsoever. And even when it does work. Um, my understanding is a lot of tire fitters don't like it because they've got to clean it out and it's horrible. And it yeah. can, it can, not necessarily does necessitate a change of wheel, change of tire anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, got to run away, and gave me a column item, which is fine because I was sitting there Wednesday night thinking I've got no idea what I'm going to write about this week. You and know, when I read that, you, know, you and your your support for spare wheels, and I, it took me back to Australia where people in the outback, um, when when the thing gets bogged in sand. Hmm. What you do is you run a, a, a pulley from the front of the car, sorry, a wire or a, a rope from the front of the car, bury the, the, the spare wheel out the front. Right. Um, you know, you have to dig a big hole, fill yeah. it in again, the, the, and the, the spare wheel sits in this hole covered in, in sand and rocks and God knows what, acts like an anchor, and then you use your winch to pull oh, yourself out. Now that is clever. It is. That's amazing. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. You've got to bury it pretty, pretty, pretty thoroughly, deep. but if you're... Yeah. If you're on your own and it's it's all over for you, if you don't get moving, yeah. then uh, it's a it's that a way of doing clever. it, isn't it? That is very clever. Yeah, that is so clever. spare wheels forever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I've not seen that. That's brilliant. Uh, and then finally, final item before we finish uh, for this week, Thursday, um, you went to Ford. I'm intrigued about this. Yeah, it was it was um, mainly a a thing that <clears throat> that bore on their commercial vehicle um, a market as it happens they have a third of the of the the market in commercial vehicles in this country in mm. fact a version of the tranny was apparently britain's best selling vehicle at one stage during covid yes it, i remember that yes it was actually bigger that. than anything any car yeah which is amazing isn't it it is yeah it really is yeah um, and, and they, it makes them all their money as well doesn't it in it Europe. does it yeah. does and people love them and the market's going up not down mm. so they but the thing they showed a few interesting things, including uh, there's a whole cell of designers. I think it was about seventy people who are who are only um, concentrating on making uh, the these vehicles more convenient. So what they had come up with was a, a steering wheel system that allowed you to to balance your laptop on it. When so when when the when the the, the sort of one man band that it mm. operates his business from a tranny wants to take lunch he he there's actually a way of putting your laptop on the securely on the steering wheel that's clever so you can do your accounting while you're chewing on your ham and tomato sandwich 
And that was one thing. And then they, they had another system whereby you could actually turn the steering wheel over completely and turn it, make it into a table, which, <laughs> which, and there were various other things, you know, yeah. for instance, they got the hierarchy of, of, of uh, actions needed by a delivery person. So pull up at the curb, get out of the car, <clears throat> um, open the door, sliding door, pick up the parcel. How do you shut the door? Mm. You know, and they, they'd come up with a, with a protocol for that. So the, you know, after a period, the, the door shuts and the car locks because you've got your remote you've key on board. Yeah. And there was a lot of that sort of thinking going on. So that was interesting. And the other thing was um, they've, they've, they're working harder and harder on connectivity. So every tranny has a uh, modem and, mm. uh, and they, they can tell whether it's in action, whether things are wrong with it. They can, what they want to be is proactive so they can contact owners and say, look, your car needs a service soon, or which is pretty trivial, but they can also say, the, we happen to know the brake pads are down, you better do something about it. Or, you know, there's some some uh, cataclysmic thing is about to happen. Mm. It, it, it's, it's about not waiting for it to go wrong. And uh, I must say, I was I was impressed. And there, the system that they designed, there was a working um, call center mm. that we were taken into. And it was, it was very impressive. And the people running it were absolutely passionate about it. So... It was, it was sort of back to the, to the the nice Ford days when you know we're, I've always thought of Ford as rather passionate, rather yeah, passionate same. people. Yeah, same. And yeah. and these were these were proper Fordies, as it were. So I so it was, it was a good day out. They showed us a few secret things, like gave us a few clues about the the range of um, EVs that'll come out starting next year. Mm. They've got a succession of cars coming. Um, but we didn't get much detail on that. Yeah. But the, the, what they tried to make us understand is that this is the beginning of something. This is the start of a new era. That's cool, isn't it? Yeah. But that connect, that idea of using the connectivity for that uh, for the customer benefit, as well as just manufacturer benefit, is I really like the idea of that. Yeah, that they can yeah, they wound they can in, so much data on these cars. Yeah, that, the data was the was the yeah. word that was sort of dwelled on all the time they they also used breakdown data and dealer data mm. so they had as long as you were willing to allow your info to be acted on and collected and acted on yeah they were in touch with you and it was a, it seemed to me to be a benign system i know everybody thinks big brother you know and i don't want them to know where i am and all the rest of it but yeah. the fact of the matter was it was i thought their their their, their Intentions were entirely honourable. I really liked it, but yeah. then I am a suggestible person. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. The idea that uh, you know, if they're going to tell, if they're going to tell you things that save you time and money, then that's for the good, isn't it? And if, yeah. that's, and if that data can do that, then the thing they talked speak. about that was particularly interesting was that um, something was about to go wrong in an engine, say. Mm. And it might have it might be out of action for five days, but if they knew if they if they knew it was coming, the problem was coming, then they can find a slot and they can find the parts, and yeah. you know it can be two days instead of five yeah. days. And suddenly, not only does the owner benefit, but also the people who were going to provide the five days of workshop space yeah. Yeah. have got three days they yeah. don't have to use. They can use, yeah, yeah, very good. And that brings us right up to date with the last thing in your column, which is right now. We're going to have a chat in a summer, somewhere else. So uh, thank you for joining us. We'll be back for episode 10 
this time next week. And remember, you can write to us at autocar at haymarket.com. You can find us at autocar.co.uk. We're on YouTube, all the social channels. You can find us on digital subscription and in the shops every week as we have been since 1895. And it is worth saying, it is getting to that time of year. I think a subscription makes a rather excellent Christmas present. Yeah, definitely. Yes, so. so thank you for joining us, Steve. Thank you for joining me. A pleasure. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Bye.